Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Hello, everyone. We are back. As promised, we do have a special guest, an unexpected special guest. It's actually Corbin Elliott. Yes, Corbin Elliott on the podcast. I will never be heard interviewing Corbin. What was that, Corbin? I said never heard of him. No, you're jumping in ahead of time. Remember, you're the you're the interviewee. <laughs> right. We see see I'm so unaccustomed <laughs> to this. Like like literally literally it's been two episodes and I have no idea how to be the interviewee. Yes. Interviewee. <laughs> the yeah. interviewee. Yes. Yeah, so I'll be asking Corbin the questions. And for for record, I brought Corbin onto the podcast for to interview him. He didn't volunteer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was right, taking yeah, he credit sent for me that. A Facebook, he sent me a Facebook message last week and was like, hey, That's we're looking for guests for a podcast. Exactly. So without further ado, let me quickly, briefly, since you already have kind of a gauge of who Corbin is, quickly introduce Corbin. So Corbin, my best friend, who is passionate about what he does, who is intelligent, who is kind, caring, patient, which we're working on. He's he's teaching me a lot of these things. Um, I could I could talk and talk and talk about Corbin. I think that's a quick brief introduction. I know you guys know him. Very motivated. Um, I'm going to dig into Corbin's leap of faith. I'm not going to give anything away here, but uh, I'm going to go in and ask him some questions. Kind of follow the same format as you've seen before. I'm personally very excited to hear Corbin's answers. I have a gauge. We've kind of had previous discussions, so I'm not going to say I know exactly what to expect, but I kind of know where Corbin might be going with this, but I'm still very excited as a lot of that is going to be new content to me. So without further ado, Corbin, I have a question for you. Let it roll, baby. So Corbin, can you please tell us a little bit about your past life growing up? Maybe things that some listeners haven't heard that we haven't discussed in the past. Well, in my past life, I was a grasshopper, and then I got reincarnated as a uh, as a very attractive young man. Um, but uh, so my past life. So do you mean like whenever I was like a kid, or, or what are you referencing? What, whatever you want to touch on, Corbin. If it's just Ooh. maybe maybe some highlights growing up. Oh yeah. Well. Won a knockout tournament sixth grade. I was pretty. I was. I was a bad boy. Um, we had these little misshapen colored balls, and like there was like green ones, yellow ones, red ones, and inevitably they all had knots, so like they wouldn't bounce quite right. And I think that I really learned the the landscape of each of those balls to where I would just score them like nobody's business, and I beat all the seventh and eighth graders because you know I was just that awesome, like I said. Um, so that was cool. That was sixth grade, Irwin Middle School, throw it back. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of things on a serious note whenever I was a kid. Really, a lot of my stuff was in music, as we, we've talked about this before, but that was really monumental for me. I, I found out that I really liked being in front of people and performing, and I, re- I especially liked material that was extremely relatable. So, like, from from an outsider's perspective, looking at the things I was doing, I was doing musicals that are like super fantasy oriented. Like I was Shrek. Like it, you don't think of Shrek as relatable, maybe in the way that like okay, I'm like we aren't ogres, but 
a lot of the things that I was singing about were relatable human experiences because, like, we humanized those characters. So it was super cool to do that, and I just found that I loved being very human in front of people. Like, I was vulnerable, but I was vulnerable in a way that I was hiding behind a character. Like, like Shrek had a lot of difficulties in the musical. Like, things that actually were difficulties. Like, he felt a lot of remorse and anger and frustration with the situation and a lot of things that maybe people wouldn't come out and share so much. But I, I got to do it through a character and I got to sort of take people away on a, a, a magical fairy ride for, for about two hours. So that was really monumental in my childhood. And I really, like, yes, I was, I was a talented singer just from, oh my gosh, that sounds good. But that's not the point. It was, it was, that, that was, when I was a kid, maybe I thought it was because, you know, I was really good and oh my gosh, I can brag and that makes me worth something. But I realized along the way that that's not the purpose of music. It's to connect with other people. And I realized that that was a big value of mine whenever I was on stage. I have a quick follow-up question, and I, I'm going to ask you to keep this brief solely because I think we're going to get into this here in the uh, in the, the later podcast. Um, no problem, brother. You were talking about being vulnerable through the character. Were yep. you then vulnerable as yourself through emotions? And if not, are you vulnerable now as yourself? So when I was younger, no. So whenever I was in high school and stuff, it's actually been relatively recent that I've sort of unlocked my my vulnerability muscle and I've had some more, getting to the theme of the season, some more bold moments, having more courage. Because it takes courage. Like vul- vulnerability, like we talked about last season with relationships with other people, it it is an act of courage because there is a lot of fear of what are people going to think. I've had a lot of that fear in my life. And when I was younger, this was especially prevalent. I wasn't someone who had the courage to speak my mind in a lot of tenses. And I was I was quiet. Um, and more recently, probably since I've graduated college, honestly, I've really, one, got in touch with my emotions, which I wasn't in touch with as much before. And I did this through meditation and going through the the most difficult, excruciating period of my entire life. And while getting in touch with emotions, I also had the courage to express them to people and be vulnerable. It sounds like there's been a bit of a change there, which uh, that's that's wonderful to hear. And I, a massive change. I think I, I think I was predicting that that would be your answer based off of knowing you, but I'm very glad to hear that yeah, that is something yeah, definitely. That's, going in the right direction so without further ado i'm gonna get straight into it here corbin i think this is the question you're expecting but um you know since you've been on these podcasts before you know exactly what i'm gonna ask you but uh without further ado no <laughs> without further ado <laughs> corbin can you tell us about a time or multiple times that you have stepped out into boldness or courageousness through faith cool man um, yeah, well, let's, let's hit the big one. I may have some other ancillary terms or sort of side things, but this one's going to be the big one. So, first off, here's my, my faith background. 
So, you know, this is a faith-driven podcast, and we really have harnessed that this season. Um, We talked a little bit about it last season. But in this same period that I've had probably the past two years, probably maybe one and a half, two years, I had a very difficult life, in my opinion, in comparison to what I had lived through before that. And because of this, I sort of got pushed to faith. It's sort of like God slapped me in the back of the head and said, bro, like, you... You, you you gotta you gotta open your eyes here. Because before that I had very little background. I was told that I was a Christian and I was told that we pray and, and all of these things, but I didn't have any of the context. Whenever these rough things that have happened to me, which I'm about to get into, started happening, the only thing the only way I could figure out to cope with it was to learn about um, religion and to learn about God and to figure out how I can make sense of my situation through that. So my faith was it was coming through this hardship. Here's the hardship, and this is the point. For years now, I've had a lot of difficulty with making a decision based on what I was going to do for a career. So even as a kid, I was I had a I struggled with indifference. So, like, if they're like, where do you want to go to eat? I would very rarely be like, Applebee's, you know, or or Wendy's. Like, I would very rarely have the answer prepared. It was always, mmm, I can't decide. And when we got to the restaurant, I would, my parents, I would be like, can you guys order this, and I'll order this, and you order that, because I want a piece of all of it. And this happened in a, showed itself in a pretty big way whenever I came to making a big decision on my career, because The fact of the matter was, I was interested in a lot of different things, and I was finding that every direction I was turning career-wise was a move towards being locked in some sort of box, some sort of limiting box of, you do this every day, that's all you do, and, you know, and I just really had a struggle with the social pressure that came along with with doing work in the traditional way that people see it as right to do. So my a big fear of mine honestly has been fear of social judgment for pursuing radically pursuing whatever I want to pursue and doing it with bravery in the face of other people don't do this sort of thing. And I had a really hard time with that. So, you know, throughout college, I started out in, in music. I was going to do that for a while. Um, music isn't all that practical. So I sort of, taking out of what other people were saying, pushed myself out away from music. And this was, I had a breakdown one night, and I was crying. I was screaming into a pillow in, in my, my house. Um we have a little love seat that Chance actually sleeps on constantly now. Um, it's because it's short enough for me. <laughs> it is. It is. Corbin can't it's fit like on. a little. It's like a short bunk. Yeah. I mean, I would look like Will Ferrell from Elf if you know the bunk bed scene. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but that that night, I was in so much pain because I was quitting music as a as a profession. That being my committed thing that I'm doing, 
And now I understand why I was so broken up. Because I was doing it for the wrong reason. I was doing it because other people didn't see it as practical. And I was doing it out of fear, not out of inspiration. Not out of love. I was doing it because I was afraid of all this crap that people, frankly, that people were telling me. People that didn't know what they were talking about. But yet... Because I wanted to go, oh, I didn't trust myself enough. I didn't have a God to trust in because I didn't have that firm relationship with Him. To where I didn't know, I didn't realize that I could do that. And I can literally do anything I freaking want. It's ridiculous. But on that night, I was quitting the thing I loved my entire life because I was afraid. And... Just recently, sort of a little bit before we started this podcast, I made an agreement with myself that I will never do that again. I'm never going to make a major decision like that in my life based off of fear. I'm done with that. Because I saw what it did to me. And for years after that, I experienced, in the past two years, I experienced pain because I was doing something that was not me. Out of fear. I was disguising Oh, it's practical, guys. Come on, let's go work at the mill. But the fact of the matter is, I will never be happy doing that. I will never be happy in this cookie-cutter box that people go, Oh, okay, well, I mean, we go to work every day, and then we come home, and then we pay bills, and then we die. And that's our life. We're freaking human beings. We're meant for far more than that. God says, do not fear, 365 times in the Bible. Get the message. Take the message. Because you're not going to live a life that you're happy with if you're making your decisions based out of fear. You will never do it. So stop looking for the practical thing. The practical things are the things that aren't worth anything. And you're going to spend your entire life doing something that isn't worth anything. So start being bold. So... Yeah. What, what were we going to say, though, Chance? Oh, no. Well, first, I wanted to say for, for all the viewers, uh, one thing is, in Corbin's lifestyle and what he's pursuing, certain jobs aren't the norm. Certain jobs that might be considered the norm might be a passion for you. So, in through this motivation, you know, look for that. In this, you know, in this scenario, we're talking about jobs here. Look for that job that's built for you that you've always had a passion for regardless of what number is on that job or what that's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chance, I don't screw around with normal anymore. Me and me and normal have sort of parted ways, you know. Like normal, I noticed a lot of depressed people playing it normal. So, like, I'm cool with not being normal. No, and and I, I think that's very inspirational. Uh, I guess some... I guess what I was thinking is, nor- per se, normal thought out jobs are sometimes a passion yeah. for those. If like uh, what we oh, consider, yes, you know, I, yes. Let me clarify because I, I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. But if, for instance, someone might see a, I'm just um, see a snow cone person say that I, you know that that doesn't look like it might be a career or something, but it's like I have such a passion for seeing people on a hot day have a refreshing 
you know, a snow cone and I have a skill set to make, you know, it, but that's your dream, go for it. And I wouldn't say that's yeah, here, normal, but yeah. that's something we would see in an everyday sense of someone Here's doing my that. advice for you. Here's some clarifying advice about being bold with career. Okay, so you're going to want to look for something that whenever you're doing it, you lose track of time and you have joy. I, you, you should enjoy doing it. We call it work, and that has a negative connotation on it. Work is considered to be displeasurable by definition by people, as opposed to this new age definition of work. It's, oh, oh my God, let's get out of work. You don't realize that work can be the funnest thing of all time. Because I feel that every day now, working on these new projects. Like, it can literally be so fun. So try to find, locate the thing. Try a bunch of stuff. Try a bunch of stuff. And actually, I just wrote a book, and I'll go ahead and plug this. Um, I have some queer ways to how you can actually discern that and get out some queer steps. I won't go into that here because it gets a little detailed. But do that and find the thing that you get into flow state where you lose track of time and you're just fully engaged. Okay, but here's the second thing to the point we're just talking about. Don't fool, don't, so here's what I did. I was trying to, to fake passion behind the guise of, because in the back of my head I knew it was practical and I knew some of the things that I um, was actually passionate about were off the beaten path and I fooled myself into thinking that the practical thing was what I was actually passionate about, so I was lying to myself. While in the background, the reason I was actually doing it is because that's what other people were saying I should do, as opposed to what I was actually passionate about. But I was saying, hey, oh my God, I'm really passionate about this when I wasn't, frankly. So, I, I really appreciate these insights. I, a lot of the questioning is centered because I've actually uh, had a sneak peek of what Corbin's referring to, so I kind of know... Me and Corbin have had some of these conversations, but this is this is all you're mm-hmm. you're adding a lot of new insight that I haven't seen yet. And I know the yeah. viewers are probably very excited to hear. Um, I wanted to ask a mm-hmm. few follow up questions with everything, and now we're gonna dig into maybe some of these projects if you're willing to share. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself here, but I did want to ask a few yeah, questions. Yeah, digging as you will. So I know with what you've been sharing, this was actually a topic that Corbin and I had previously discussed that we might share earlier. Corbin might share earlier. Um, I've found that, you know, you have had the courage to come out and talk about this now and are very excited about it. How does it feel now publicly announcing it through the podcast about what you truly want to do in life? How does it feel, I guess, announcing this now? Yeah, that's cool. So I've been announcing it to like people I, I know, you know, um, that know me personally. It's interesting. So now it's actually not that uncomfortable with the podcast. Um, the, the reason I'll have to tell you sort of my career transition here for you to understand the reasoning behind this. But so here's the reason why I actually didn't come out on the podcast and tell you guys about this. So after I finish singing, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of background, and I'll get back to the point, because I know this is going to sound off-topic. So, I went from singing, to I was doing personal training and entrepreneurship, to pre-medical, so I was going to be a doctor. And then the biggest switch in my life, the most painful one, was from going from doctor to digital entrepreneur, which is what I'm doing now, in various capacities. So... The reason I didn't come out to you guys about this is because when I was the big transition from becoming a doctor to 
becoming an entrepreneur, if I publicly declare that, and if I did decide to that I ever wanted to go to medical school, and um, the admissions committee would know would would see this podcast because you know they look you up, they would see a lack of level of commitment to medicine, and that would cause issues with my ability to get into school. So that's why I didn't actually come out on the podcast about. It. I didn't tell Chance this, um, but I've been telling my friends. You know, I don't I don't care about that. So it wasn't as much about that courage of being judged by people. It was more about whether I ever would want to get into medical school and that sort of thing, but telling you guys. But anyway, so, so that's the reasoning why. But but yeah, actually last season, I think it was, I actually recorded a monologue bit to put in one of the podcasts about this, but I actually told Chance to, to cut it because because of that very reason. Um, so anyway, that's that, that was the deal with that. So I do have a follow-up question on all of this. Um, two things. Answer them how you will. One is, when was it that you knew, hey, I'm going to take this leap of faith, I'm going to go away from medicine, go away from being a doctor, and I am going to pursue this, and I'm going to start? Can you walk us through? And then as a follow-up question, well, I'm yeah. going to get, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's start with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me think for a moment. Yeah, take your time. And I know you're trying to think just just for reference that we're pinpointing that moment when it was, hey, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm I'm yeah. making not I'm thinking about it. Hey, I'm this decision has been made. I'm pursuing it. Let's do it. I'm on board. I'm trying to pinpoint a specific moment. And if it wasn't an exact moment, you could walk us through maybe, you know, some of those thoughts yeah. when as it occurred. I may come back and add this because I'm pretty sure there was an exact moment. But anyway, I'll just talk off the cuff for now. Yeah, so, I mean, there were a lot of time periods in which I sort of had realizations that while taking these pre-medical classes, I was like, this actually is not for me. One thing was there wasn't enough humanity to it. There was too much, look at this molecule to it. And I was noticing whenever I was studying, I was just not that into it. Like at first, when I talked about faking, like faking uh, interest in something because it's practical, I was like that in chemistry. Like, and I was I was fine in chemistry. I mean, like, but I just wasn't that into it. And that was my first little hint as to okay, this medicine thing. Because I didn't even realize I was lying to myself after a while. I was like, maybe this medicine thing isn't quite it. Like, maybe maybe it's just not the thing. Um, but as I continued to go through it, I was just noticing that on days... Like, I was so wishy-washy. On days when I was like, okay, I'm doing the medical school, medical school thing. I could feel my chest was tight. Like, there was a tightness in my chest. During this time period, I was having a lot of muscle issues. I had severe back pain. I was bedridden for three days. That's how bad it got. Um, I literally, I had to, my, my girlfriend thankfully took care of me. I was stressed to that point to where I was having back, painful back spasms. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And 
it was like one of those psychosomatic situations to where it's like, Corbin, you're doing the wrong thing and you're not listening to yourself. Like, there's, there's, there's a lie inside of you and you are not, you are just shoving it down. Like, you're repressing these things. You're repressing who you are to fit a mold. So that was a big wake-up call. Like, Corbin, there's something really wrong with what you're doing right now. Um... And as I continued to realize things about it that were just weren't fit for me, I got closer and closer to the decision that I now have made. I'll list a couple more, and I'll, I'll get to the deciding moment. So, one thing that happened to me was I realized that, there, like I said before, you're putting yourself in a box, especially with medicine. You're going to school for, medical school is four years, so this is, you got high school, you got college, you got medical school, which is four years. Four years of straight-up disrespect of your life by a school. There is no... You don't, get to, you don't get to see family. You're studying all the time. You're completely committed to this stuff. There's a big bureaucracy behind it. Um, complete lack of freedom. Complete lack of freedom of time. Complete lack of freedom of money because you're under a lot of student loans. Um, people look at doctors and like, you're so wealthy, but it's like, the fact is they're in a, uh, I call it a golden cage where they're, you know, they, they make a great income, but the fact of the matter is they're locked. They work so many hours and they're, it's, it's, it just exacerbates their, their mental health difficulties and their physical health difficulties, which is super ironic considering that they're wellness and health professionals. So it's, it's very, it's very contradictive to to what you think of when you think of a doctor. Um, and I just noticed that a lot of those things were bad fits for me um, because I, I value freedom in my life. And that route wasn't going to give it to me. Even though that route was literally a doctor, a doctor and a lawyer, you know, those are like, oh my gosh, wait, your son's a doctor? Your son's a lawyer? Like, whoa, oh my God. Like, that's awesome. He must He must be worth something as a person. And... Just realizing and gaining the courage, honestly, through faith and through the fact that I was fed up of being in terrible mental anguish, sort of forced me almost to be courageous and bold because I was hurting so badly. Mentally, sorry, those are two dogs in the background. I'm dog sitting this weekend. Hey. Hey, it's okay. We can, we can cut this in a minute. Sweetie. All right. All right. And I'm back. Um, but I think I just got forced into being courageous into making the decision because literally I was in so much physical pain. I told my parents, I was like, my body can't take me becoming a doctor any longer. Like, it had gotten to that point. Like, I'd been bedridden for days. I had, like, there were so many things that were problematic about just my mindset of becoming a doctor and, and seeing what was before me and what life I was choosing, I just couldn't do it anymore. And my turning point was, I'm in pain and my chest is throbbing every day. I'm so uncomfortable. I need to start listening. Because the fact of the matter, if there's something inside of you that needs to be expressed and you refuse to express it, it will express itself. And for me, it was expressing itself in my mood 
it was expressing itself in my how my body was hurting. It was expressing myself in my social life. Like I couldn't be around people and enjoy it and enjoy things because I was always so I was always so torn up with the decision and the path I was on and so uncertain about things. And I was I was uncertain because I was I was refusing I was refusing to make the decision that I knew I was supposed to make out of fear. So that was the the turning point was whenever my body was literally hurting so bad I had no choice but to make a change. Well, first off, I'm I'm really sorry to hear the the struggles that you did have to go through to get to that point. Um, I like like, like I said, I, I'm very familiar with a lot of these things, um, but I know that that had to be really difficult. Um, and I appreciate you sharing. I did want as a follow up question, and you don't have to name any names here. I would just be you're welcome to talk about anybody directly, but just as far as those that are very close to you, could you tell us a little bit about the experience you had when you opened up to those close to you, telling them, hey, I'm going to make this transition from, you know, what I've studied for this amount of time to this new opportunity? Yeah, sure. Well, there was a lot of resistance, frankly, and then it made it all the much harder. But the good news was at that point I was in so much pain, like I said, I was going to make that decision anyway. But what people were saying was, um, the body language, the facial, everything was, well, that sounds pretty stupid, frankly. Um, sound pretty stupid. How was that ever going to work? Uh, every sort of doubtful thought that you can think of was coming out of these people's mouths. And I try not to let that get to me. It is difficult whenever loved ones say that, but I was fortunately at I mean, I'd, I'd said that for a long time, and they had sort of done that, but I got to a tipping point where it was, my life was too terrible to not do something different and make a change. But yeah, I mean, a bunch of people just were very much like, really, you're doing that? So for, I mean, time and time, and I still have some some um, times where, you know, like I'll go to... You know, everybody always asks, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And I just, like, had this sense of, like, like the scariest question for me for two years was, what are you doing? Because whenever you say, what are you doing? It's, hey, what are you doing for a J-O-B, a job? And anytime you would tell someone, well, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, the a lot of times they'll look at you like, one, what is that? They, they look at you like you're like you got six heads. Um, or they're like, oh, you know, it, they, they just don't understand it. And a lot of times when people don't understand things and it's not the life that they've lived, there's a, there's a bit of, well, that's dumb because that's not what I do. Um, so there's a lot of that. And frankly, depending on what your your interest is, because your interest could be something that's very typical, but don't fool yourself into that being the case just because it's typical. You will receive resistance from other people because, frankly, they're not you, and frankly, they don't know everything that you know. And and that's straight up. Like, ninety nine percent of people can't tell me, couldn't tell me what a balance sheet was. You know, like. They just don't have ex- they just don't have exposure to that stuff. That's a financial tool, and it's a it's a financial uh, 
it's a financial statement that businesses and individuals can use. But the fact of the matter is, most people don't know what a balance sheet is. They couldn't tell me. So the same thing here. Most people can't, couldn't really, really tell you what an entrepreneur is or does. They, they don't understand. And because they don't understand, they ridicule. We like to ridicule what we don't understand because it makes us feel good. It, it makes us feel good to put other people down. Especially people who are in vulnerable positions and who one day want to be a doctor and the next want to be something that nobody's ever heard of. So it's very, it's tough at first. It totally is. And for me, mine was a pretty radical thing. Like my entire body and my entire soul was hurting to where I didn't have much of a choice. I did have a choice, obviously, but because it's my life. But I, it helped me to make the decision. So, yeah. So I have, this might be going back a little bit, but I think it's a really valuable question to ask. So we go through the moment of all the pain and the the known fact that you're doing something different. You know it's, I've got to do something different. Now the question is, how did you decide and pinpoint that entrepreneurship, specifically what you're engaging in, which I'm not going to give everybody all the details just yet. How did you know it was this? How did you narrow it down? And could you walk us through that? Trying things. Frankly, trying things. I'm like, I'm tired of the freaking classroom. Like, I'm tired of the... I'm, I, I was so tired. I'd have been in school. And don't get me wrong, I, I did very well academically. Frankly. Um, I'm very book smart. Um, but I had never gotten any exposure to it. And this, and this is also in, in the book that I just wrote because the book is about the, the last two years of my life and how difficult it has been and what, it was, what I learned when I was at rock bottom. That's what the book's about. And I lost my train of thought, but... No, <laughs> you're, fine. you're fine. Um, well, you were referencing the book and how you were at rock bottom. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. But anyway, that's actually not the theme um, that I was going for. It is more based in how I... There's one chapter, and basically where how, how I was getting clarity on what I was going to do. And the biggest step and the best step is just start trying stuff. So initially, I took a list of things. So, like, I had... I literally, I literally looked up... All careers. <laughs> I literally looked up. Okay, I looked up. Sound like I a guidance you, counselor. I'm gonna <laughs> sound like a guidance. I do what do I do? Like well, let me look up all careers. Let me look up all the careers. You know, I've sort of forgotten these in my ten thousand years of being here. <laughs> um, you know, as a guidance counselor, that really didn't land, but it's all good. Um, but I literally pulled up a list of all careers. That was my Google search. And I started going through them. What I did is I read each one, and if it resonated with me, like I felt like, oh, there's something about this that I feel drawn towards, or if it excited me, then I copy and pasted it over to a notes document. So what happened is this left me with a... You'd be surprised about how small your list ends up being. We, we sort of do know ourselves to a pretty good degree, even if we hate to admit that that's what we're interested in. So if I may interject, clearly this is, I I know I'm talking about personal experience, I think it's because I'm more comfortable with you. 
eliminating the things you don't you know you don't want to do this I, this is one thing that i found true as well anyways this is over to you Corbin. yeah and the thing is you'll realize i mean this is a list of thousands of jobs chance i'm not even kidding this must have taken you hours nope nope because all you do is you read each one and you you know whenever you reach one that you need to copy over I'm dead serious. If if you're if you're struggling with this, or even if you're not, you don't think you're struggling with it, but you could probably unlock another level of yourself. Do this exercise, and I I detailed how to do this in the book. Anyway, so I did this, and I got a list of probably like thirty things out of a out of probably fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred. Like wild. Didn't take me long. Just read them. I said, oh, that's cool. That's the whole thing. It's like looking at a bunch of stuff really quick and saying, that's cool. That's that's what it is. So then we get that. And from there, I just started trying stuff. Like everything. So, like, if I wanted to... Let me think of one here. Oh, yeah. So, like, with the, with the, with the medical school stuff, I was still trying that stuff out. So, even though I couldn't... You know, because some of them have a barrier to entry. So, like... I was considering being a surgeon, so what did I do? And this is in the middle of coronavirus, mind you, so there weren't, there weren't a lot of opportunities to go shadow people. So what I did is I networked, found several doctors that I could go shadow, and went, went to shadow them. And whenever I, I went with the pediatrician, and there was all these different doctors, I went with the plastic surgeon, and with the plastic surgeon, even though I couldn't operate... Man, I'll tell you, I did everything I could to get as close to actually doing it as I physically could. Like, I got in there, I washed my hands for 15 minutes, like, like all the way up to my elbow, um, and got in there and um, put these crazy, put this crazy scrub outfit on and and spun and people like tied it and put on these we're, gloves. Uh, we're going to need to get a, a photo of this to upload to the Peace and Purpose podcast for <laughs> reference just so our viewers understand yes. and get a visual. Yes. I mean, it was cool. I was spinning around. I felt like I, and they were like, don't touch anything. Because, you know, it's super sterile. You know, we don't want to have an infection on the patient. And I did everything. I literally, while surgery was going on, I had my, pan, had my hands on the patient. And it was just cool. And, and the point I make to say that is, you either need to physically do it, or if it's something super dangerous like that, like you're going to hurt somebody if, if you do it and you're not trained, then you get as close as you freaking can legally. And, yeah, legally, okay, guys? Don't go be sn- snooping around in the cadaver lab in the middle of the night, okay? Do it legally. Um, but anyway, and what you do, the trick is once you get there is... You feel it out. And what I mean by that is, spend the day doing something. At the end of the day, I want you to rank it 1 to 10. 10 being, what? This was awesome, man. What? Like, what? why have I not discovered this before? And a 1 being, this was terrible and miserable. I couldn't stand to do this one more minute. And rank, rank that list that you narrowed down by those things. And don't go, oh, I don't feel like trying that one. Try it. Like don't like don't cheat yourself because you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life because if if you go down a road prematurely that you ended up not liking anyway so you need to try them try that list okay like if you're if you if you want to do this and actually do it the right way and and be 
truly have bliss in your work, you need to do this. Do the process. Follow it. So anyway, um, yeah, so, so I did a lot of stuff with that to help me to unlock and pinpoint what, I, where, what direction I was trying to head in, back to your question, and just trying things and filling it out and noticing what was a 10 out of 10 for me helped me to gain direction. But if it's not a 10 out of 10, it doesn't deserve any more of my time, so I don't mess with it. Now, is there a certain thing that makes it a 10 out of 10? Is it a feeling? Is it a... Yes. I know you... Okay. Feeling. Feeling 100%. Is, it is all about the feeling. Because at the, at the end of the day, everything us humans do are about feelings. Okay. So, now, now to the disclaimer. If you're willing to share what you're willing to share, this is yeah. your time to shine. Um, I know we've talked about this a little... Um, of course, we have the Peace and Purpose podcast, which you're tuning into right now. But Corbin has gone the extra mile, of course, you know, trying to make this a career and making it a career. But Corbin, could you tell us a little bit about the machines and projects and the the different... I'm trying to think of another word. I'm not good with words like you are. All of the creations that you have currently made that you are willing to share at this point, because there is, let let, let me tell you, everyone, there's a lot coming here from Mr. Corbinelli, and I'm I'm excited myself and hopefully be a part of a portion of it. Yeah, so let's talk about the the project that is the, I want to say my main focus right now. So I am starting a personal finance affiliate marketing site, and... I, that is where I'm putting most of my effort in. So essentially what it is, is there's insights and financial education plus tools to get you there equals financial abundance and financial freedom. That is what that is what the site is. It's called Capital Bookworm. It's still in its beta stages, meaning I'm still building the website. Uh, it is published online, but it's not finished, so you it's not usable at this point. But... Essentially, what it is is what I just said. You know, you you come on the website, you sign up for an email list, and and the email lists are segmented by, okay, maybe I need to learn a little bit more before I get into the tools, um, and get a little bit more comfortable. And then there's a second email list for those of you who are interested in going ahead and and moving on some of the tools. Um, so my so my venture is essentially educating you, and then providing you with the resources that you need in order to not have money be something that holds you back in your life. That that That's the essence of it. And it is just extremely cool because I'm learning a lot about the internet and how how beautiful technology can be whenever it is used in the right way and how powerful of a tool it can be for change in a lot of people's lives. Because... The fact of the matter is, not many people actually know how money works. And that's just, frankly, everybody seems to never have enough money, and they're worried about money, and it's one of the the main problems that people complain about. You know, if only I had money. Look at them. Their life must be awesome. They have money. There's all these different things and a lot of misconceptions about money, so that website is dedicated to clearing up those misconceptions. And a couple reasons that I got into it and decided to pursue that website is because one I saw that there like I just stated there's a big need because people frankly are uneducated about money schools don't teach you money they, they teach you 
art history and, and PE and math and all these other things, but they don't teach you economics or basic personal finance things, which is what my website is, is started out of. It's personal finance. So that was one part. I noticed a real market need. The second thing was I was starting to find that I'm, I was extremely good at personal finance. Like, really good. I got really good really quick. Really good really quick. And Chance can, Chance can suffice for that. He can, he can um, tell you. But, yeah, 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 yeah. What were you going to say, Chance? I was just going to say, yeah, if you want to donate any of the Chance Foundation, you're always welcome to. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, man. But... It's cool. Uh, if you check out the website, and I will let you guys know whenever it's live and highly functional, you can get on there, learn how to boost your credit score, learn how to invest, uh, learn about how to save money save money the right way, and learn how to uh, engage in entrepreneurship and, and build what I call money machines. Uh, a lot of my um, stuff is based out of assets and liabilities. Assets are things that put money in your pocket, and liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket. So, assets can be stocks, they can be real estate, they can be Bitcoin that you're loaning out to people, which is a new thing that I uh, recently was, was researching. It can be online businesses that you build, that you set and forget. It, it can be a lot of different things. Liabilities being that car in your driveway that you probably bought so that somebody would think you're worth something, or the house that you got that was too large for you and then you had to foreclose on it, uh, but, you, but you bought it because you thought it would make you happy, or things like that that end up taking money out of your pocket and going into the bank's pocket as opposed to things that take that bring money to you. So learning how to be a money magnet in that way and to facilitate numerous income streams. So it's, it's a very cool site. I, like I said, I will update you guys whenever it does go live. And... I'm really excited about it because I noticed a lot of the people in my life don't know what they're doing with money, and I saw that it held them back a lot and restrained them into positions that, you know, they could be better served and live better lives if they actually had understanding and control over their money and finances and how to actually make money. So I just really want to do a good thing for a lot of people and attack that problem first, and I'll probably move on to other ones. This will be a serial thing because I am working towards fully automating that business, and we can talk about this on other podcasts too, but that way I can actually set up that machine, outsource management, and have that machine working for me as I work on other things and I don't spend any time on it. So basically, I make money 24 hours a day whether I'm working or not. I like it. Y'all hear that? 24 hours yeah, a day, man. not working. So if you want that dream, go visit the Corbin website, which will uh, be announced when Corbin... Also, as far as investing goes, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's... it's, it's all Getting you. to see... I love waking up in the morning and getting notifications on my phone that I made money at night because I'm already doing this through my investments and just the, the mindset of assets. I'm like, I'm doing nothing for the money. My money's sitting there and just making a bunch of money. Like, it's, it's unbelievably freeing. It's like... His money works for him. It's crazy. Yeah, you you got to make money work for you. That, that's true. I know you're making a funny there, but yeah, it, it he gets his dollars to dance. You have to, and I'll do a little bit of a financial spill here, and then we can get back to the bold faith thing. But 
you I look at it this way. Money money is like your troops, okay? So you're the general. And your troops can go out here and recruit more people for you, right? Okay, actually, we're going to switch metaphors. So here's my tree metaphor. This is, this is how I want to operate from a financial standpoint. So let's pretend that you own an orchard. And you have a couple of options. You can go to the market when you're starting your orchard. And you can go there and you can, you can work all day for and um, trade and get seeds to plant in your orchard. You now have two options. You have the option of eating your seeds and consuming them right now. Or you have the option of, of planting those seeds and nourishing them in the hopes that those trees will bear fruit. What most people do is they go to the market, come home, and they eat their seeds. What I do is I go to the market, get my seeds, plant my seeds, and have fruit. That, that's what I do. Do you want me to draw this to real world? You had something you were going to say. Oh, I wanted to finish your troops with it. It's like when you take your troops and you were saying they recruit them, and then you get more and more and you get them to recruit and you get them to recruit rather than going to battle yes. at the time because then and then having to re-recruit with not many troups. Yeah, just, and let me like ground analogies. this in reality. I'm, I'm going to stick with one, and we'll do the other one to see which one fits. I, I can give you uh, illustrate that one too. So whenever you go to a job, you go to the market and you, you do something, you know, you work an hour and you get paid 15 bucks, whatever. 15 bucks, that's, those are your seeds. You can eat those 15 bucks, and by eating them, I mean buying consumer goods with them, personal spending, that sort of thing. So you can then go back, right back around and spend that money. I don't think this, this is not a good strategy because the fact of the matter is you will never have fruit if you do this. You never have something that continues to generate money. Because as soon as you get money, you spend the money. You don't use that money to create things that make money. So, what I'm, just a little intro for you guys. What I say you guys should do is take that money and invest it in things, in assets that will make you money in the future, regardless of whether you are actually putting in manual labor or not. So that's a little intro to to some financial. That's just a financial mindset, not the nitty gritty of the literacy. And if you hop on that website, you will get to see um, more of the nitty gritty literacy about how this happens in real life, and also some more mindset things. Nitty gritty literacy. Love the it. Nitty gritty. So mm-hmm. I've got two more questions for you, Corbin. Are you ready? Yeah, and before we move on. Also, on that site, I will have recommendations for, for financial products that I use, and that's how my financial model works. Uh, it's actually at no cost for you guys. All you have, It's like, um, you know how you open a bank account? You don't have to pay to open a bank account. I'm basically going to provide you guys with the best bank accounts, the ones that I use and the ones that I've spent a lot of my time researching. I'm going to hand you guys the, the door to the kingdom for free, there's no money down on your side, and then the company that you put your savings account with or hold it with is going to pay me, and that's how my business works for that, for Capital Bookworm. Anyway, next question, Chance. Boom. So, if you could name some of the feelings 
that you have now that you are pursuing your dreams, that you're going after what you want, how do you feel? Oh my gosh, Chance. Well, right now is the best time of my entire life. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that straight up. I feel freedom. It's because we're talking now, right? I'm just kidding. Exactly. I'm kidding. But I I feel incredible. Like, it's it's liberation. It's, it's, you know how people say, like, you can do anything you want to do. I actually believe that. <laughs> like, it, it, we say a lot of little catchphrases. You know all those catchphrases that are inspirational and stuff? And you're like, yeah. I actually believe those things. And I actually have seen those things come to life for me. Like, all of that. It's, it's true for me. Mm, Corbin, I got a question for you now. It is my second question. Uh-huh. And we can, ask, you mean, yeah. we can, and you know what I'm going to ask you. If you could put a phrase on a billboard, what would it yes. be? Which one would it be? It's important. Take your time. Because this quote's going to go down in history. So it's got to be elegant. It's got to be original. Guys, I've got him thinking longer than expected now since I told him it was going in history. But Corbin, use words we're going to understand. Don't be what you think the world wants you to be. Be what you want to be because what the world needs is more people who are being what they want to be. Boom. Write it down. Put it on a billboard. Hey, you'll have your own yeah, billboard man. one day and you can put it on there. And since since I'm on this show and I help write this show, I'm going to name a second billboard here and it's it's radically be yourself. And that's my second billboard, which is along the same lines. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. Corbin, if I'm going to give you the floor briefly. For any closing comments that yeah, that man. I've left out, anything you would like to include? Yeah. So, here's one thing, especially in the entrepreneurship space. This is something I want to mention. You're gonna have to have faith with it because things aren't gonna come to life immediately. The you're gonna need to you're gonna do your homework, and by your homework, I mean. Learn something and be self-sufficient. If you want to do something incredible, you don't have... Presidents don't have teachers over them saying, hey, you know, complete your spelling bee homework. They are self-driven people. And you need to be patient with this. And you're going to have to be patient at the same time as people are yelling in your ear, don't do that. It's stupid. Look, you haven't even made money yet. Because the fact of the matter is most businesses aren't profitable for a substantial time after they start because that's the reality of building a business if that's the thing that you want to do. And you're going to start doubting yourself most likely because people are going to be yelling in your ear saying, you're stupid, come work at Food Lion. So... That is just going to happen, and if you want to live an incredible life, you're going to have to accept that and get comfortable with that. So, But I want to encourage you guys because I'm telling you, I, I would have wanted myself a year and a half ago to, to listen to this podcast because I needed someone to tell me this, and I really want to give that back to you all and 
give you that faith-based boldness and courage because being going along with the social norm is never going to make you happy in the long term. I'm just going to be frank with that. So um, I love you, and I hope you love yourself enough to go out there and say, I don't care what you guys are going to say. You know, like people people in your family, people with your friends. You know, they, they love you, but realize that they don't know everything. And if you're passionate about something, I guarantee you they don't know as much as you know about it. So they're the wrong person to listen to, first off. So get out there. Really pursue what you want because the fact of the matter is you're going to die one day. And the bill for the bill for not doing the things that you want to do is going to be much steeper than doing them and failing even if you don't do well with it. And that's, that's just a fact because you're going to die one every you're going to die one day and it's going to be a zero sum game on this earth at least. So, yeah man. Well, Corbin, I can't thank you enough for the time today for sharing with all of our viewers. Uh, viewers, we hope that you enjoy Corbin's insight. We hope that you go check out all that he has to offer. It's been amazing. He's talked to me for like five minutes and I've learned probably more than I would in an hour researching online. So that's a quick way to find <laughs> all the information you want financially. And Corbin's going to have much more insight, I have a feeling, in other areas. So keep checking him out. Keep learning more. Corbin, thank you so much for your time today. Viewers, we love you. I'm taking that line from Corbin now since I'm I'm uh, <laughs> running the interview. Uh, and uh, we look forward to next week. And we will keep you guessing. We will have another interview E joining us so we look forward to it y'all have a great week if you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love you can do so by subscribing downloading and telling your friends and family about us especially if you feel that they could benefit as well also if you'd like to access our show notes which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show you can do so by clicking the down arrow the details button or the abridged paragraph depending on the platform from which you are listening we want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising commissions by advertising and linking to Amazon.com and its affiliated sites. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.